0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nice Try for the Fans. This is me, Elle, joined as usual by the co host with the most. What do you do? Timothy Joshua Smith. We are ready for you for another jam packed session because not only are we previewing a weekend of rugby world cup action we're also in the middle of it all because there have been some midweek clashes and we're gonna get stuck in right away because of course the first of those results is from wednesday's match where italy took on spirited uruguay and half time it was looking like a fairy tale but timothy your men your boys they came out in the end the first, the first half score was 17-7 in favor of Uruguay. And then Italy was like, okay, you've had your fun. Now we're playing. Is that what happened?
1: <laughs> Watching that first half, it seemed like, like you said, a fairy tale. Mm. Although it seemed like Italy were playing the villains or the protagonists <laughs> and the antagonists. So they were definitely victims of their own demise. Mm. And I think in the second half, they sort of things out. Uruguay, very plucky, just a, a team that it's it's nice to see. Yes. Uh, it would be nice to see them get sort of serious arrangements made for a professional league or mm. something to move into that professional sphere because clearly there is an appetite for the game and... Yeah. I really enjoyed how they went about things uh, it's like small things that came up and Italy being a more seasoned outfit definitely took advantage and then I just didn't have the you know the wherewithal to withstand the onslaught for 18 minutes
0: last time around when they showed up the way they did against the French B team, you did say that that's the best they can play and they can't, you know, (laughs) sustain it. And I think that might have been the key there in that second half. And I guess with professional leagues and professional team setups, conditioning comes in and that might be something that they're lacking. And having such tough matches going in, uh, that, that also played a part, would you say?
1: I actually consider their performance against France to be a bit more a peak Mm -hmm. performance from them because France's second team, I would still probably take over Italy's first. (laughs) Um, And so they really gave a good showing uh, there. Against Italy, they had a stage where they were playing against 13 men Mm -hmm. and couldn't take full advantage of it. Mm. And so that's sort of where their lack of experience comes in. Yeah, hopefully... The investment will pan out for them and they will have more exposure to these vital mm. you know, scenarios and moments.
0: Uruguay continues though to, to steal the hearts of the, the French and the neutrals in the crowd. Their captain of course leading courageously and his family on the sidelines just tugging on the heartstrings. It's It's what these tournaments are about. You know those stories. We saw Japan doing this years ago. A team that's just historically the whipping boys that You know what what they get called? They're just not moving out of that. And again, they faced really tough opposition from the get go. I'm talking about Namibia, our neighbours. Last week, we saw them up against a mixed New Zealand side, and they had no answer. And they had literally zero answer on Thursday against the hosts, which. I saw a tweet when the team was announced and it was this full strength French side going up against Namibia. Someone tweeted and said, please alert the United Nations. (laughs) Now there's a lot of talk about South Africa's 7-1 being morally incorrect and against the spirit of the game. -uh. I think the French fielding such a strong side against Namibia, that is morally incorrect, <laughs> and it's against the spirit of the game. That was before the game. Now that it's been played and they've beaten Namibia 96 points to zero, that's not even the biggest takeaway. They fielded the f- full-strength side, including player of the year, the greatest player you know, of uh, recent times, Antoine Dupont, and he was rushed to hospital do we go "Uh haha, told you so no because he's fantastic and we don't want to see anyone get hurt especially in a match like this where he didn't even have to play just what are your thoughts around fielding that side i mean the match there's not much to take out because it was a one-sided affair but then also such a high-cost injury
1: yeah, I'm sure they would have it any other way. But the reality of it is is that, you know, rugby is a risk. There's always risk involved and the management team will try and manage that risk as they can. But mm. at the end of the day, I look the I think the challenge that was, you know, the reason for the injury was a high tackle, so it's illegal first of all, but you can't game plan for these situations. Mm. And I think France, I think Alvi said that, you know, you don't, you have caught between a balancing act of having your players be fit Mm -hmm. and not rusty, as well as protecting them in some measure. And uh, just on the other side of the coin, and to talk about rust being a very vital or a real concern mm-hmm. is like these minnow teams uh, that are getting smashed and you know getting record scores put on them especially in amoeba yes amoeba have only played seven tests since the last walk
0: my goodness
1: and so having those combinations and having those things set in the team <laughs> it's very vital yeah to have a cohesive game plan and that's a real risk and I think, obviously, it's been very unfortunate. Like you said, we don't want to lose any star players. We mm-hmm. want the best to be playing. You know, on the optimistic side of things that I've seen reports coming out is that you only miss two to three weeks. Uh, I doubt it would be on the shorter end of that. Thomas Lavanini, I've been reading, has had a similar injury and managed to recover. They have confirmed that he doesn't do require sur- surgery, so... Hopefully, you know, they'll put in some overtime and he definitely will be getting the best care. So we hope that it's not a massive loss for the game, but ultimately, Rakki always has.
0: As this is. Yes. Well the French did get Cyril Bailey back for that Namibian match, so I guess this was a, a a good time for him to to get some some rust off. And then of course Jonathan Dante, who was big loss for them going into the World Cup. Yeah. He returned as well. Just some some other injury updates in pool A. Brody Ritalik fully recovered and Frizzell, who I thought would be a playmaker and a star this World Cup, he has not yet returned. Do you think they're gonna miss him, especially come knockout week? He was he was standout for them during during the four nations and the rugby championship and Bledisloe Cup, you know, the mid year matches.
1: Yeah, he was he was vital. Um, at least in that particular test in Auckland against the Springboks. Mm. Very dominant. Um, like I said in previous uh, shows They really miss that doggy Wunt <laughs> character So <laughs> he would definitely add some bite to that pack. And well, obviously Brody also being fit is a massive boost for them. Oh, yeah. I, I think they're still lacking on that side of things, but things are moving in the right direction. I know Ethan De Groot has now got his suspension uh, you know, three weeks, so mm. that's a mess. But I think once Frizzell gets back, we're not sure what sort of condition that but it might be a little, uh, you know, a little bit too late for them to recover. But I'm happy to see you know, some of the better players becoming available.
0: Now, matches coming up this weekend. The first one is Friday, Argentina and Samoa. I feel like that could be one of our topics. Now, Argentina, oh man, it's, they're blowing hot and cold. And Samoa, they're just so unpredictable. So it's two unpredictable teams who've had some exposure to great structures, great competition. This could go any way.
1: I feel like I'm now a Samoa <laughs> fan. Oh, good. Just because I've been betrayed by Argentina. <laughs> so I feel like I just need to support Samoa. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they also missed uh, Lima Sopoaga has been ruled out with injury. For the most part, they obviously just going on week one's results. They put up a more, more convincing performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And they haven't had as long a break. So hopefully that stands in good said. Obviously, Argentina played two weeks ago. I think this, like you said, could go either way. my heart is for Samoa. But Argentina, you No, know, if you had to ask me two weeks ago, I would have said no, Argentina. <laughs> Definitely I, I can't a- see
0: past that, <laughs> <laughs> is what you probably would have
1: said. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> crows were being eaten. Um, but I do think Samoa have got a really interesting team. They've got some strong players, mm. obviously with the... Um, new laws as well Christian Lafano looked good in their first game nice to see him also amazing story just in terms of his life my favourite player of Samoa, Theo McFarland. Oh. yeah, he's quite the character. <laughs> yeah, I just like the way he plays. So mm. hopefully he gets some um, some shine. I know Argentina should have a uh, should have the more dominant pack, but mm. we'll, we'll see how that works out. But really exciting match.
0: Oh yes, and also should Samoa win, they'll all but secure their spot behind England in Pool yeah. D and then go through to the knockouts. And that would be an absolute delight yes having the pacific islanders in the second round so oh that's watering. the weekend there's some interesting matchups let's just quickly give an overview and then we'll get stuck in on saturday georgia up against portugal england against chile and we'll chat a little bit about england in a bit and then of course the big one the only one the biggest the wa- one. yes this is this is the final really it's the world cup final South Africa and Ireland. That's the, the pick of the entire weekend for me. And then Sunday, Scotland, Tonga should be tough as well. Interesting. Wales and Australia. Yikes. That's going to have a knock-on effect in that pool sea And that's how we end the weekend. So a very, yeah, very decisive way to bring it to a close. Yeah. I don't know if you have much to say about georgia portugal but i do want to talk about some news from the england camp of course owen farrell is back and he's back they've moved george ford out of the way are you surprised yes. i'm
1: it's is.
0: like is eddie jones still <laughs> over there like what is this madness
1: yeah i mean what can we say? I also talk about the weeks. It seems like it's feast and famine from one week <laughs> to another, but that's just the way the scheduling has panned out. But mm. Ford and Farrell, wow. For me, it strikes me as them deciding to throw away a potential chance at this World Cup. Ford was playing, for the most part, probably the, the informed fly-off in, yes. the, in the competition. Yes, <laughs> uh, fortunately Fortunately, has only played one game, but Ford has been marshalling, mm-hmm. really giving them a serious consideration Yeah, their pathway to the, the knockouts. Yes,
0: because he looks like a World Cup fly half. Yeah,
1: so I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the reasoning is for that and it strikes me as something that is very short-sighted mm-hmm. um, to give up a potential quarter-final, semi-final berth.
0: Yeah, do you think they also think that this is a low-risk enough match where they can give Farrell a run and give him a chance to get into the groove of things. They can, they're resting Ford. They're not demoting him.
1: Obviously, the natural thing for me would be to move Farrell to 12 mm-hmm. right? and have Ford in Maintain. charge of that. Yeah, And then you still have the flexibility uh-huh. to have a, a you know, utility back like a daily maybe on the on the bench and so you can cover multiple options mm. so that's where i would say you're missing the rasnab effect <laughs> 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 to have the you know multiple position yeah, there's players. no innovation yeah <laughs> no so we'll see how farrell gets on i mean farrell's not a you know he's not a player that is not going to contribute he's a for sure is a good player mm. but even what you had i think you're you know, you're messing with a If it's, if it isn't broke don't fix it
0: yes it's a winning formula then moving on to sunday's matches scotland tonga scotland has had a weird schedule do you think this has an impact because tonga is they're ready you know they've been bruised they've been a little beaten but but they're they're firing
1: yeah, this should be a relatively straightforward match mm. for Scotland. They had a break and then they've got like a flurry of matches within the span of two weeks. So they'll need to manage their players very mm. wisely. We know that for Russell was bruised <laughs> against the Springboks. <laughs> so they might need to, as soon as that win is secure, not have a Dupont situation happening oh, yes. to them and, oh, my uh, you know, get the replacements going. So I think they'll try to start that game very fast, Mm. Grab the bonus point And then Get out Game game management essentially But uh, that should be A relatively straightforward game Tonga for me Even though they've Probably shaken off the rust Just did not look Anywhere close to A team that could challenge I'm looking at Someone like Portugal Mm. I know we just uh, we just mentioned the match, but I yeah. think they might be a, a potential upset
0: Ooh, against Georgia. Georgia. Just because <laughs> there's
1: some really innovative, you know, rugby that they do yes. are, play, are playing. So, Georgia, I think will probably try and keep it tight, but... I think that might be something to look forward to. And I like the fact that, you know, these winners are playing for automatic qualification. Yes. So the same thing with Uruguay and Namibia, that will probably be, you know, a final in their eyes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Scotland should come through relatively easy and set up another, you know, that mouth-watering clash at the, the end of the pool.
0: But one that is high stakes is the one that we're ending with. The latest match on Sunday, Wales and Australia (sighs) who would have thought well me because I always believed in Fiji this is this is a proper decider this is they're calling it a fatal scenario for Australia (laughs) that's the that's the kicker over there we have two coaches who are under tremendous pressure Eddie Jones you know his situation is quite interesting and then Gatlin exiting coming back trusted to kind of take Wales all the way, and now look.
1: I think this will be definitely the definitive blow for for obviously Australia's chances. Mm. And so there there might be some some fight left in them. I'm hearing whispers, or I saw some potential remarks on the team. Might be that Donaldson's moving to 10, Kellaway coming in at 15, which I thought Kellaway should have always been in the team. Oh, yeah, so I think that's a step in the positive direction. Yeah. Although they are missing, Skeleton seems to be a risk. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Tupo as well. And so those are two massive players, Skelton in particular. I mean, he's been in really good form the last two seasons for La Rochelle. And just what he brings to their more defence and their I more know. attack. And he's, he's really taken on that leadership role. So that'll be a massive miss. I know they also had one of the youngsters, their uncapped youngsters, also ruled out with injury. So there's quite a bit of disarray going on in the Australian camp. Wales seems to be way more settled. They know who they are. They've been there, done it to an extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were a penalty away from them being in the final. And yes. I'm sure most people would probably say they had a better game than us in 2019. And they probably would have beaten England. Mm. So, Even 2015. Yeah. <laughs> they might be looking... Obviously, they led by stalwarts in uh, Liam Williams, Dan Bigger, you know, Halfpenny. So those guys would definitely want to capitalize on this opportunity. And for them, it will be a statement. Um, they've kind of gone under the radar. Mm-hmm. They Didn't have a you know blistering performance against uh, Portugal, but they got the job done. And so if they can see, I think this it's 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 a week of mini finals. You know, if you win this, you really put yourself in good stead. Yeah. So I think it will be a a cracking game. Might be very tight.
0: Do you think Wales is coming out on top?
1: I think on the balance of things, Wales do have a better I forward really pack.
0: Really, do hope so. <laughs>
1: I don't want to see Australia in any knockout, (laughs) especially for South Africa. Uh So I would take Wales, even though that might also be a tough game. But we know we have the horses to take Wales on. Oh, yeah. It's more of a known quantity. (laughs) But yeah, I think Wales should should take it.
0: I really hope so. And also for the sake of Fiji, who I imagine they'll be gathering and watching with bated breath. And then... Shall we? The match of the weekend.
1: We shall. We shall.
0: South Africa versus Ireland. Talking points such as the 7-1 split. And this time it's thought out. It's not a last minute like the New Zealand 7-1 split was a few weeks back. This is one where it's okay. It's worked before. So we're doing it again. Then, of course, we're looking at some excellent matchups. We have the experience of Johnny Sexton going up against Amani Lebok who is owning the number 10 jersey and also making a name for himself just after that first match against Scotland. That's one of the, the matchups that's you know getting getting people excited but then also we have the packs i read somewhere that people are saying well south africa starting lineup and their bomb squad isn't enough for just one pack of (laughs) islands oh my goodness why do people talk like this before a match (laughs) oh look where's the respect (laughs)
1: Some of the, the coverage has been very lopsided either way. <laughs> uh, we're talking about a bomb squad. 071, You can close up, but it's, it's a done deal. On the other side, apparently islands are oh, a pack producing monster that can last for eighty minutes and they're just going to run South Africa rugged mm. and Sexton is somehow
0: He's a genius.
1: Yeah, mm. and you know, respect to all the players involved, you know, there's various levels of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Rasi's comment where someone said, you know, Ireland is the Springbok's bogey team, and then Rasi <laughs> responded by saying, well, the World Cup is Ireland's bogey competition.
0: Oh, snap! Oh, that's rough.
1: Yeah. Remember. It's
0: true, though.
1: Definitely, but get some ice for those wounds. Ew. and. It's going to be a really interesting mm. matchup, um, and I think the seven-one is something that's obviously taking a lot of the focus. Like you said, the you know there's various matchups that are mm. intriguing. You have Marnie versus Sexton. Mm-hmm. And for my money, I was a bit more afraid of Fern Russell (laughs) than I am afraid of Johnny Sexton. Yeah,
0: but you feel a type of way about Johnny Sexton. Ireland's... all-time points. Yeah, all-time, yeah.
1: It seems like they are really handling him with kid gloves for some reason. He scored a try or scored three tries and they're talking about him as a try machine. Oh! And I'm thinking... What's we are not Tonga. <laughs> we are not Romania. Um, look, they within there, I to feel confident. This team has produced some really good results. Mm-hmm. First tour victory in New Zealand. And then we need to reflect on what New Zealand currently is. There's just a lot of things that will be confirmed mm-hmm. after this match, I think. And fortunately, I think for the Springboks, there is less pressure because we've come through the Scotland test. And so I think they can play around. Not that I think, you know, we are playing with a sense of abandon. Uh But there is, you know, the the opportunity to mix and match, see Mm -hmm. what can work, see what works in a high level test scenario. Because Ireland are number one in the world.
0: Are you saying we are being disrespectful with our 7-1 because we're, it is a huge risk and we're going for it because of what you've just said we've come through scotland so we can we have a little more freedom for experimentation and mixing things up so we are actually in our setup in who we're fielding where we're not talking the big game the way they are but we're talking it through these actions
1: potentially i I think we shouldn't discard that out Mm. of hand obviously the talk coming out of the camp is massive respect for Ireland. Yes. No words, you know, we, um. we, we felt like this is the way that we want to go about it. I think the scenario and the context allows for that to be a possibility. And I don't think the coaching team will let that opportunity slip through their hands, especially because it could be of the intensity that looks to knock out rugby. Yes. So at work in our, let's say, quarterfinal in our group. Mm-hmm. Now we're more confident about implementing it Uh. in knockouts. But there is a risk, obviously, with injuries. For sure. I did read something about how many backline players get injured per 80 minutes and it's under one for the last uh, oh, four years or so
0: good thing we have one and a half on the bench <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, another thing to consider they also have to plan now with Pollard being in the squad mm. so it's really something that I think they are using to the full extent you know in my opinion it should be success but I'm not going to no predict. it's not
0: a prediction it's just uh, an observation <laughs> yes yes I've always been a huge fan of the Irish the late 2000s when they were doing really well in their hemisphere, in their competitions. Yeah. They were dominant and they always have that spark come World Cup here, but it's, all, it's almost like they peak just a little bit too soon and then they let themselves down like they did against New Zealand in the last World Cup. Oh, every time the rugby world kind of goes, this is it, this is it, this is their time, this is their time. That said, South Africa are just on this trajectory and their attitude towards each match the innovation mixed with who they are and how they bring it together just how they plan and prepare for all these scenarios we saw how they handled the conditions in their last game. I'm okay with Ireland being so confident and not wary. I'm really looking forward to this match. And it is it is a curtain raiser for the final. And sadly, the way the the pools and the draw has gone, these are the kinds of matches we're getting. And we might not even get something of this intensity come final. Yeah,
1: the quality is, what is it? First versus second? Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, you, I mean, it's unlikely. That you're going to get uh-huh. a repeat of something of this magnitude. Yeah, a analogous game would probably be the France New Zealand game, mm. and that as a spectacle wasn't great.
0: No, this is going to be it.
1: Yeah, def- yeah. I, I definitely think so. Just touching on, on your comments, I'm, I'm happy that Ireland are confident. Confident. Yeah, yeah. I don't want them to. Obviously, the Springboks released this, the team are in quite earlier and Ireland, what maybe, or they were expecting Ireland to maybe... Adjust their plan But Mm -hmm. Ireland went with What has been working for them So I'm happy And I'm also happy because You know Should the Springboks beat them They played their game Mm -hmm. And they've all found one thing (laughs) I don't want the excuses of Oh we had to adjust Uh Or whatever But I I did see a funny (laughs) comment You're talking about You know How we plan for contingencies The Springbok coaching team and they said someone is going to, Jacques might come out and say that Kwak has been training at (laughs) centre you know, in the alignment camp in 2016 or something (laughs) like that. So, obviously it's in jest, but Mm. I think the...
0: I think there's some truth to it. Definitely. (laughs) I've seen him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it just goes to to show how the the coaching team have been able to broaden the skill sets Mm -hmm. of all of our players. That... We, it's not inconceivable that we can do this. And, like I said, the approach that the Springboks are taking is this of... There is a game plan. It's not as if we can plug and play you know, with any players, but the players that they have brought since 2019 those are plug and play because mm-hmm. the system is what is of prime importance and so I really I'm looking forward to it this is the culmination of we'll say five years of work oh yes so much work I think the coaching team are also you know licking their lips at going up against uh, what I think is also one of the top sure. coaching teams yes Paul O'Connell has done some really good work with yes. their line And uh, there was a really interesting um, analysis done oh. on Ireland's defending and their set play and how to beat South Africa they were looking at the previous match so um, it was really interesting to see how they managed us there although I think that that game in particular was closer I mean it was close 1916 but it was closer in the actual game uh, Ireland probably feel like they had the, the balance of the play but when after I watched that game I really was very confident on the spring box <laughs> and then we had the 7-1 <laughs> I'll I'll put my neck out there and Mm. say if we win it's going to be something that's it's it's not going to leave doubt or Ben O'Keefe or also play an important role, but he's been a a good ref. Hopefully, he stays out of the limelight. Please, you don't want anything to be soured by a ref. You know,
0: I just want rugby to win.
1: Definitely, I think it will win. And this
0: is a great opportunity for rugby to be on display at its finest. I'm also especially excited for every loose ball because while people are looking at the seven-one split, we have like three. Fetches. it's like okay
1: yeah Yeah, that's going to be interesting Um.
0: especially the way the Irish are treating Rex so Yeah.
1: yeah So we might see some blistering rock speed in order to counter that. Mm -hmm. And and that's the sort of thing that's so intriguing about this match. Like, uh, you know, Ireland, do they kick more? They try and run our backline ragged Mm -hmm. by having them turn consistently. (laughs) Obviously, Ireland have more replacements on their Mm backline. So do they go that route or do they try and front up? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't recommend that. (laughs) And they need
0: a lot a lot more lights for their coach in the <laughs> box. Because, which way are you going to go? Yeah. yeah,
1: and then when do they bring on their replacements? Because uh, I think that's going to be a vital thing in, re- you know, in response yes. to the box squad. Yes. And do we have it as a box squad that comes in you know, wholesale? Uh-huh. Or do we piecemeal it? All of these <sighs> things will be answered uh, in this match. And I'm, I'm, I haven't been excited about a match like this. So it's probably the British and Irish, like the third test, sort of that magnitude. And there are some guys, obviously, that represented the the Lions, so they will be eager to to right those wrongs.
0: Well, we're excited. We hope you're excited. That match is local time, 9 p.m. South Africa versus Ireland. It's going to be the match of the weekend but of course there's lots of other action and we hope that you will be enjoying all that's on offer now because that's such a big match we're not going to be looking at our all-time greatest number eight this week but do join us next time because i think of the loose trio this is probably the easiest for me at least Any Uh, hints?
1: I might have to go and reflect on some of the previous teams. Okay. I think there might be some... You could go look
0: in the previous teams and you'll find the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Because he is, you know, from another time, another planet. Yeah. His own he's home pla- anyway I, I see <laughs> you see where I was going yes so that will be in our next episode and of course we will be reviewing all of these matches as well thank you so much for joining us and we do hope to hear from you find us on Twitter comment wherever you're listening to the podcast that includes YouTube as well we'd love to hear from you and chat some more about all things rugby all things rugby all cup Timothy a great pleasure
1: thank you um, looking forward to mm. reviewing these matches mm. and hoping to get some 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 of your thoughts uh,
0: until next time this is nice try for the fans